Welcome to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you're on this disciple's journey with me. We have been in the book of John for the past two weeks, and we have seen uh, so much. Uh, John 1 through 11 last week, John 12 through 21 this week, looking at the uh, the, the truth that Jesus is the Son of God. And today, uh, for our evangelism episode, we're gonna uh, we're gonna ask a very important question, one that I um, have uh, talked about a lot uh, with pastors, with leaders, uh, and with just uh, church uh, members. And that is, uh, as we share uh, the gospel, as we live out these uh, these uh, Christian lives and and in our Christian walk, what do we do? when we fail? Uh, What do we do when we totally blow it, fall flat on our face uh, before God? Because evangelism, sharing the gospel, witnessing, uh, is about sharing the truth of the gospel of grace, mercy, and love. And And so I want to point you to the very last chapter of the book of John, John chapter 21. Uh, What you're going to see in John 21 is an amazing story of what I call restoration, Uh, what many would call, let me put it that way, restoration, restoration of a disciple named Peter. So if you're familiar with the story, you know that in uh, in Mark chapter 1, Jesus calls uh, Andrew and Peter, James and John, to follow him. He says, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. They follow him for what many scholars believe three and a half years. In the midst of this, they see Jesus do miracle after miracle, teaching after teaching, uh, and ultimately uh, go to the cross. But remember, Jesus tells all the disciples, you'll you'll flee away. And Peter says, I will never deny you. And Jesus says, yes, Peter, you will deny me. In fact, you'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. And wouldn't you know, he did that. He denied Jesus. Now think, as we fast forward through the death, burial, and now resurrection of Jesus, Jesus tells uh, the, the women, go tell the disciples and Peter that I am alive. They run, they go tell and uh, Jesus appears to the disciples. Now, a few days later, John chapter 21 opens up with Jesus uh, and, uh, and the disciples uh, at, at, the, at the seashore. Uh, they see Jesus, they come to him, and he's cooking breakfast. Now, I've, I've, I want you to see this, that uh, put yourself in Peter's shoes. He has denied Jesus. He has seen Jesus raised from the dead. Now he's uh, he's trying to follow Jesus again, but he feels like a complete failure. In fact, uh, in verse 7 of chapter 21, it says, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. John tells him, It is Jesus. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. Uh, and so when he gets into, uh, when, when he gets up to the dry land, um, he, uh, he, uh, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, Come and have breakfast. He takes the bread, the fish, feeds them. Uh, and in verse 15, I want you to check what John writes. It says, So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Shepherd my sheep. 
He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Now, what's interesting is we're reading this in English, and it looks as if, well, Jesus is just asking three times, do you love me? And we say, well, why did he do that? And and the an- easy answer is, well, because Peter denied him three times. Jesus is restoring him by asking him three times. But when you read it in the Greek, now, and let me pause for a second. I know that they spoke Aramaic. I know, uh, but John's writing in the Greek, and and uh, the Jews knew Greek at that point. So they could have spoken Greek. I'm just throwing that out there. But more than likely, they spoke Aramaic. Um, but it's still the same linguistic truth that I'm about to share with you. Here's what Jesus does. In asking Peter, what we see in English is one word for, for love. Jesus is actually going to mention two words. So here's, here, or John's going to mention two words. Listen to this. Uh, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? And this is this God love, all-encompassing, primary love. I love you more than anything else. Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I, not agape, but you know that I phileo you, uh, phylos. This is this brotherly love, this kinship love. It's not as uh, high as agape in, in order of priority. It's I love you. I, I am I'm. Uh, knit with you, I'm friends with you, I'm I'm even considered family with you, but but you are not my all-encompassing God love. Jesus says, okay, um, tend my lambs. He then, they walk a little bit further. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? That same word. Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Uh, this, this, I'm not up there. I'm not all the way at agape, but I love you where I'm at right now. And Jesus says, shepherd my sheep. But then it's this third time, and I want you to pay attention because we've heard Jesus say, do you agape me? Peter says, I phileo you. Jesus says, do you agape me? Peter says, I phileo you. Jesus this third time says, do you? And if you think he says agape, that's actually not right. Jesus then says, Peter, Simon, or Simon, son of John, do you phileo me. Now, what John writes at this time is Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? But it's not because he asked three times, do you love me? It's because this third time, Jesus changes the verb. He says, do you phileo me? Do you love me right here? This right where you're at, do you love me there? Peter's grieved because I I believe, my interpretation is he recognizes I don't love you like I should, but I want to love you. I want to, to, to agape you, but I just can't. Jesus says, do you, do you phileo me? And Peter responds, you know all things, Lord. You know that I phileo you. You know that. And Jesus says, then tend my sheep. He goes right back to what he said originally. Then, then do what I've called you to do. Be faithful. Follow my commands. Now, This might not mean as much if John didn't finish the story, but listen to the very next verse. Context matters. Here's what he says in verse 18. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now I want you to piece all this together. The question is, what do we do when we failed 
Jesus. What do we do when we fail to believe? If John is writing all of this so that we might believe, what do we do when we make a mistake? Or what do we do when we reject? What do we do when we fail to believe? The restoration of Peter works like this. Jesus says, do you agape me? Do you agape me? Peter says, I phileo you. Okay, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me right where you're at? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I do. Well, then love me where you're at. And there will come a day that you will, if you keep loving me and keep loving me and keep loving me, there will come a day that you will die for me. Right now, Peter, you're not ready to die for me. Right now, Peter, you have blown it. Right now, Peter, you have failed miserably. You have denied me. You ran from me. You lied. You you are not where you're supposed to be, but I'm not done with you. And I'm asking you, Peter, keep loving me. And the way that you love me is you tend my sheep. The way that you love me is you shepherd them. The way that you love me is you feed them. You do what I've called you to do, and there's going to come a day where they will uh, tradition tells us that they will take you and they will crucify you, but you're going to cry out, crucify me upside down because I don't deserve to die like my Savior died. Not only will you stand for me, but you will stand unashamed before me. And 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 we know the book of Acts tells us that they were even put in prison for the sake of Christ because the Holy Spirit had given them that power. I want you to understand, brother, sister, listening today, you love Jesus where you're at, and you keep loving him. Don't set this, this preconceived notion of what you have to do today, or don't compare yourself with others, and don't, don't build this, this idea of, well, God's going to kick me out. You love him today. You be faithful to him. You be obedient. Don't make excuses. Don't give in to temptations. You follow him today, and you love him. There will come a day where you will love him more than you do today. Uh, there will come a day where you you follow him and you uh, obey him in ways that you can't even imagine right now. I'm telling you, stand firm. What do I do when I fail to believe? Continue to believe. Lord, help my unbelief and you just be faithful. And I want to encourage you with that because I've had many moments where like Simon Peter, um, I, I, I denied Christ. I mocked Christ. I disobeyed Christ, and yet His love never fails. When mine does, His love never fails. So do you love Him? Follow His commandments. As we close out our episode today, it is Throwback Thursday, our moment in church history, and I want to take a moment uh, right now to share with you a story of two individuals, two men, uh, in, uh, in the year 1738 uh, that had uh, that believed on Jesus Christ in true salvation and rocked, I mean, totally changed the world around them and our world for good. Uh, these two men were actually brothers. Uh, Charles and John Wesley. They had given their lives to service. They had gone to Oxford to, to study. They were going to be teachers. They were ordained to the ministry, and yet both of these individuals lost, and if they had died at that time, would have gone to hell. However, uh, according to uh, writers uh, Charles Wesley on May 21st, 1738, uh, wrote in his journal these words, he wrote that the Spirit of God chased away the darkness of my unbelief. Now, now understand this. Charles Wesley was a, uh, w w was a minister 
but he was not saved. Charles Wesley knew the Bible, but he was not saved. Charles Wesley preached, but he was not saved. And in midst of turmoil of his own spirit, and in the midst of missions, doing missions, coming to America and doing missions, he still was not saved. And God grabbed his heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, And as he said, God chased away the darkness of his unbelief. And this hymn writer who would eventually write six to 7,000 hymns wrote a hymn that day, or wrote a hymn about that day of his salvation. Uh, and and listen, uh, listen to these words. Uh, he, uh, the very last verse of this hymn um, says, No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. I love the fact that God saved Charles Wesley and we get to experience uh, the outflow of that salvation through many of his hymns today. But understand, that was May the 21st, 1738. Three days later, his brother on May 24th, 1738, uh, John Wesley was at a uh, was was in London and he wrote in his journal this account. He said, in the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society, which would be a meeting in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. And about a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. John immediately shared the good news with Charles, and Charles wrote that towards ten, my brother was brought in triumph by a troop of our friends and declared, I believe. We sang the hymn with great joy and parted with prayer. Until the time that they were saved, they had had religious activity. But once they were saved, they were now made righteous in Jesus Christ. What's interesting is that uh, John rode over 250,000 miles on horseback, preached over 40,000 sermons, and uh, published sermons, and wrote several books. And uh, his uh, his brother Charles wrote many thousands of hymns uh, that uh, have helped us in our faith today. The con- the conversion of John and Charles Wesley for us is one of the most important moments in church history, and I am thankful for them today. May we celebrate what God can do through any man's. And I look forward to seeing them in heaven one day and hearing all of their many, many stories. But praise God that he is still saving souls. That's why evangelism is not complete until the evangelized become the evangelist. Share the good news. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.